two thoughts for the adults in the room, our children of older ages. The first is, Jesus is very clear that we are to let the children come to him. And second, that the kingdom of God is for us like this, okay? So, I wanted to begin today, we're going to look at a story that's my favorite Christmas story. If you read through the Bible, you will find many places where God makes himself, his quality, his character known very clearly. But you will, as you grow, have stories that mean more to you than other stories. So today is my favorite Christmas story. But before I give you the story, I want to give you a couple of ideas. The first, how many of you are looking forward to your gifts today? You guys have gifts waiting for you. Many of you, gifts waiting for you under a tree. Yes? The best gift you will get today cannot be found under a tree. He was born in a manger. The best gift you can get today, this Christmas, is a baby. Not just a little brother or a little sister, not just a new member of your family, because this baby that we're talking about wasn't just any baby. He was the son of God. And God's people had been waiting a long time for him to come. Do you guys like waiting? I don't like waiting either. But if you look in the Bible, you will find that often the people of God have to wait. They have to wait for God to speak. They have to wait for God to, to tell them what to do and where to go and how to live. The Bible is filled with waiting. And one of the reasons for that is because God is way more patient than we are. What do you think? Do your patience need to grow? My patience often needs to grow. So I'm glad that you're here this Christmas morning. I'm glad that you're here to worship Jesus. Some of you may have opened presents today already, and that's okay. Some of you are waiting for presents because we are here first. And I think there's a lot right with that. There's an old man that we find early in the Gospel of Luke. And it's a story that's found in Luke chapter 2. It's the story of Simeon. Simeon was an older man and God had given him a secret. God had spoken to him, not just like God speaks to all of us in the scriptures, but God spoke a special message to him. And that special message was that he would see the long-promised Messiah with his own eyes. In fact, he was not going to die before he had laid eyes 
on the Son of God who had been long promised to come. That's a pretty amazing promise, isn't it? People had been waiting for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. We don't know how to wait for hundreds of minutes or hundreds of seconds or days or years. How many of you know exactly how many years old you are? You can shout it out. Give it to me. Eight, three, 15, 19, seven. Four, 11, six, 43. 43. So imagine how much longer hundreds of years are in comparison to your own age. I'm 47, so it's almost double my age. Plus Adley. <laughs> and that's only one of those hundred years. Well, Simeon, after 400 years of waiting, God told him he was coming. So imagine being Simeon. Waking up every morning wondering, is today the day? Is today the day that I will see what God has promised his people for more than a thousand years? And day after day, he would go to the temple where God most revealed himself looking for a baby. And day after day, families brought baby after baby after baby. But none of them were the promised baby. And then, about a week and some change after the Christmas day that we celebrate today, Mary and Joseph entered the temple. And Simeon saw them. And because the Holy Spirit was with him and speaking to him, he knew that that was the long-promised baby that Mary carried in her arms or Joseph carried in his arms the promised Savior of Israel, the hope of their whole nation. I can imagine Simeon ran. Now, we don't know exactly how old he is, but he'd been waiting for a while. So I picture an old man running to see a baby. Now, do you like it when babies are born in our church? Yes. Isn't it fun when they're here for the first time? And we look around and, and sometimes we form a very polite line, don't we? <laughs> to see and, and wave and blow kisses or some of us even get to hold that baby. 
Some of us are bad at sharing the holding of that baby. Myself, most of all. Very little in life I like more than holding a baby. So Simeon runs. He runs in church. Are you supposed to run in church? No. Do you guys run in church sometimes? Yeah. The good news is because of Jesus, we have forgiveness for that too. So Simeon runs to Mary. And the scripture tells us that Simeon took baby Jesus up into his arms. What we're not told is that he asked for permission. <laughs> Jesus was a gift he was so excited about more than any other gift he could ever be given. So he runs and he takes him up in his arms. And he blesses God because today was the day. Now I have a question for you. As you imagine Simeon taking up Jesus and holding him very carefully, supporting his neck as you're always supposed to do with a baby, and blessing God, I have a question for you. Did his chin point up when he blessed God? Or did his chin point down as he blessed God? Because he's holding God in his arms. I can imagine either direction, right? He might have been so overwhelmed he praised the God of heaven. But I wonder if maybe he blessed the God in his arms. I imagine him looking down holding Jesus and blessing him because Jesus left heaven to come and be not only with his people, but the scripture tells us that he was a testimony for all people, that he's the consolation of Israel and the glory of the Gentiles, the people who had not been told all that God had told them. So here's this older man with a baby in his arms who he was told he would not die until he had seen God's promised salvation. And so he had waited and he had waited and he had waited. And the day was here and the joy of that day overwhelmed him, and he had been a watchman for a long time. Who knows what a watchman is? Does anybody know what a watchman is? There's someone whose job it is to stand on a wall and watch, to stand in front of a door and watch, and most of the time when you're a watchman, you're there watching for bad news. Yeah, bad news. You're watching to see if people are going to come and try and fight your town, if they're going to try and take your stuff, take your food, 
or your toys. So the watchman had a very important job. And I often picture a watchman standing on a castle. You guys know what a castle is? Yeah. And with that castle, they stand and they watch and they wait. And it's often very boring. Because you're trying to watch what isn't happening. It's sort of like watching paint dry. (laughs) You can't affect any change on the paint. But you're watching to see if something bad will happen. Well, Simeon was watching and watching and watching. And with his watching, he was waiting and he was waiting and he was waiting. And the day had come and he's got Jesus in his arms. And he prays a prayer. And the prayer is very, very simple to hear. But it's very, very difficult to understand all of what he says. Do you want to know what he says? He says this. He takes Jesus up in his arms. He blesses God and he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. And it was according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Superman had come. The villains had no chance to overcome him. The bad guys were now certain to lose. And then he goes on to say that you have prepared this salvation in the eyes and presence of all peoples, that this baby in his arms was a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. Do you understand everything that that means? Neither do I. I understand probably more than you do, but not enough. And then, as Simeon blesses God, what he's doing is he holds Jesus, is he's asking permission to go to heaven. His job as a watchman, all those days of disappointment, all those days of warning and waiting and watching, now finished. So he's a soldier asking to go off duty. But I think he's asking the baby. I think he's saying, you're our salvation. Is he your salvation? Do you know him as the best gift God could ever give you? Better than the best toys, better than the biggest bed, better than the best clothes, or any other thing you could hope for. He's the best gift we'll ever be given. Because he does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And so he's asking the baby for permission to go to heaven, to go off duty. And then, when he's done with that, he looks at Mary and Joseph, and he warns them that they have more waiting to do. That while he no longer has to wait, Israel will have to wait for this baby to be a boy and a young man 
and then a man. And then he's going to do all his years of public ministry. Talking and healing and walking and running and boating and all the things that he had to do to get the message of the gospel out. But you know it was so successful. Do you know how I know it was successful, Titus? We're still here 2,000 years later talking about it. The ministry that he did, the healings that he did. Do we have an understanding of all the healings he did? We have a lot. But I'm pretty sure he healed more than we know. That he spoke more than that we have. But we have all that we need to know. But Mary and Joseph, they were going to have to wait. And even when Jesus was doing his public ministry, do you know that Mary had to worry? How many of you have worrying moms? How many of you are the cause of their worry? (laughs) Mary was going to have hard days ahead. She was going to be afraid. She was going to be worried, and in that worry, she still had to wait. Joseph, at some point, goes to heaven before Jesus becomes a man. And he had to wait for Jesus to come back to heaven. So here's my point. One of the reasons I love this moment so much is because it's filled with all of the promise of God's purposes. And yet, it's just a beginning. It's just a new day. And we love when God moves. We love when God speaks, but he doesn't always do so quickly. He's a lot like me giving a sermon. It doesn't happen fast. But hopefully it happens fully. So we wait. And we watch. And we wait and we watch. But we have the full story. We have the full story of Jesus' coming and ministering and dying and rising again. So when you think about Christmas, I want you to understand that Christmas is about great gifts that God gives and great waiting that God's people have to do. So I'm going to close with two questions. Are you ready? Here are my two questions. One, have your eyes seen salvation? Have your eyes, not these ones that you use to see me right now, but the eyes of your heart, do they see God and rejoice? Or is church just a place you go where we sing songs and we do crafts? Or do you know that God is here speaking and meeting with you? That's my first question. Have your eyes seen salvation? Here's my second question. Is this going to be a year where you ask God 
to help you wait for what is next. What do you think? Can this be a prayer for us? And we'll meet back here Christmas next year asking and hoping and praying that God would grow us in patience and grow us in his gifts, not just the ones that the world will offer. What do you think? Can we watch and wait? And can we trust God's timing? Because that's the center of all waiting, is trusting God's timing. Amen? Amen. Will you guys pray with me? As you pray, I invite you to put your hands together. When my kids were young, we used to call these praying hands. Can you make praying hands and pray with me? And that's open to children of all ages. Our God in heaven, we thank you that you give us good gifts. We thank you most of all for Jesus. We thank you for his coming and his life and his death and his resurrection on Easter morning. God, may we grow in waiting. Would you grow us as a people who trust your timing more than our eagerness? Would you do this in Jesus' name we ask? And all God's people agree. Amen. You guys ready to sing some more songs?